We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Wix.com. It is Tuesday, October 11th. I'm Jake Letarski here alongside Eric Katuri. If you're out there on Twitter, give Eric a follow at ETCAT30. You can follow me at JakeSki52. If you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher, please take a moment to rate and review our podcast on those platforms. It really helps us out, gets the word out, hopefully help other people as much as we are helping you. Eric, let's get things going. I, I guess I got to ask to start things off. How things go in fantasy this week? How'd you end up? 
Well, three and one, thankfully, and uh, it, it it was mostly because of Mike Evans and Greg Olson, and I noticed that you had the same combo in uh, our stake league. Oh, exactly. Um, I, I was down 32 points going in, only had those two. I, I thought there was a decent chance it could happen, but then Greg Olson, you know, as we'll talk about soon enough, mm-hmm. he went off for a career high, 181 yards. Yeah, absolutely. In, in one league, I needed to get about 55 out of Winston Evans and Olson. It was full PPR, and I did get that. That's um, ridiculous. So I, yeah, as a as a result, uh, as a result, yeah, I went four and one this week. Uh, the mm-hmm. the one league I lost. I was waiting on a receiver trade to go through. It didn't go through on time. I ended up having to start Michael Floyd and Torrey Smith. Two zeros. That's the one. The one league I lost this week. Man, Other than that, ridiculous. I, I am no longer the, my, even the, even my Gronk league that I was winless in. I finally picked up my first win there. Put up 150 points in that PPR league. Nice. So uh, heading in the right direction, I guess this season. But. There's always room for roster improvement, and that's what Eric and I are going to talk to you guys about today, the waiver wire. But before we go there, let's go ahead and talk Monday Night Football. We'll recap a little bit. Uh, Robert Aguayo and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pulled off the win 17-14. It was a tough day for Aguayo, missed two earlier, earlier field goal tries, really chip shots that NFL kickers should be making but redeemed himself in the end with a game-winning kick here. Let's start talking about the fantasy guys on the losing side, though, Eric. Derek Anderson, 18 for 28, 278 yards, 9.9 per attempt, not sacked at all. That's not bad, but his QBR was just 12.1 because situationally, his turnovers were very poorly timed. Yeah, they, they both came in the uh, in the Buccaneers territory, one right at the goal line, too, on a throw where he was just trying to force it to Greg Olson, his favorite target on the day. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned a career high for Greg Olson, nine catches for 181 yards, average of over 20 per catch. He had he had the biggest day by far. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin chipped in five for 70. Other than that, nobody really relevant in the passing game here. Olson had the biggest day you mentioned, though. He just tried to force one into double coverage, and uh, I believe it was Brent Grimes that picked it off there. But the, the play calling was curious, so why don't why don't you just try to pound it in with Tolbert? Like, I mean, that's what they would have done with Newton. Either Newton or Tolbert get that carry. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of the running game, Cameron Artis Payne had a breakout game, scoring his first and second career NFL touchdowns. 18 for 85, he finished with 4.7 a carry and two scores. Fozzie Whitaker was really an afterthought. I thought he'd be used more in the passing game. Finished with five carries for 45 yards, only one catch on one target for nine yards. So, I mean, is Cameron Artis Payne, did that just confirm it? He's the guy to own now as long as John Stewart is out? As long as John Stewart's out, yes. But, you know, he could very well return this uh, this coming weekend. And I think we're trending in that direction. We'll find out, though, upon the release of Wednesday's injury report. Exactly. That being said, I'm not quite ready to drop Artis Payne yet. If I yeah. if I owned him, I'd hang on to him just to wait and see on Stewart. And Stewart, I, I mean, just I'm only seeing once since 2010. He's played a full 16-game season. He's got 14 in 2010. Then he had the 16 in 2011, nine games in 2012, six in 2013, then 13 games for the last two years. So very injury-prone player, I guess you could say. So Artis Payne, absolutely worth hanging on to here. Correct. Let's talk about the winning side, though. Jameis Winston, really a, a pretty mediocre day. 18 for 30, 219 yards, and a touchdown, 7.3 yards per attempt. He added four carries for six yards on there. The real story the game plan of this game for Tampa Bay was pound the ball with Jacquez Rogers. He carried the ball 30 freaking times, only averaged 3.4 a carry because the Panthers started to figure this out in the second half that that's what they're going to do. But that being said, they were able to win the game featuring their third string running back for 30 carries. What, what do you think about that, Eric? I, I mean, 
I would understand the play calling if it was Cam Newton on the other side, you know, want to control the ball to, to ensure that he doesn't get a chance to actually, you know, you know be out there Do for, say, 30-plus I mean, minutes. Yeah, you want to keep uh, the ball out of the defending league MVP's hands, but that wasn't exactly. the case. You're, you're going against Derek Anderson. So, yeah, in the first half, they actually controlled the ball for about 21 minutes, and they ended up uh, at 34 in the end. So, yeah, they did. Uh, they, I think they did their job, uh, and Jaquiz Rogers obviously powered that. Um I mean, I mean, really, Tampa Bay should have destroyed Carolina in this game. Tampa Bay was very poor in the red zone, and they missed a couple of chip goals, yeah. shot field goals here. So, if you know, if they convert, if they're able to make the easy field goals, Tampa Bay's winning this game. I don't know, thirty-one to fourteen instead of seventeen fourteen on a last-second field goal here. Yeah, and I mean, when we go back to Jameis, uh, he was overthrowing Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. You know, every time he was trying to you know, go deep. And they, they did connect on that one touchdown yep. down the left sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, it, it just still seems like they don't have really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Last season, his uh, catch rate was exactly 50%. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it is right now. Well, it was 50% in the Monday night In game. this game, yes, it was 50% again. So, yep. and I mean, Evans is still the league leader in targets mm-hmm. through five weeks here. He entered as the league leader. He, with 12 more targets, he'll exit as the league leader here. So, as far as fantasy production goes, I have zero worries about Mike Evans. Winston's going to continue to force him the ball no matter what. It's it, almost like Cutler throwing the ball to Marshall back in the day. Yeah, it'd, it'd just be nice if they were a little more efficient and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I hear, I hear in their where connection. You're going yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a play late in that game when the Buccaneers were driving to try to score go-ahead points. Winston threw an awful ball to Evans in double coverage that Evans had to go drill the cornerback just to make sure that the ball wasn't picked off and yep. then after that they didn't even trust Winston to throw and and they uh I mean they handed the ball to Jacquez Rogers on third and long for their last offensive play of the game it would have been about a 50 yard field goal for a field goal kicker that missed several tries earlier fortunately they got the face mask call on Jacquez Rogers to make it a chip shot field goal but mm-hmm. that being said the coaching staff didn't seem like they had a lot of confidence in Winston yeah just brought this up so Mike Evans right now 32 catches on 62 targets yes you gotta love the target count mm-hmm. it just imagine what a season could be if they were actually a little more in sync with each mm-hmm. other yeah if, if he had just a little bit more of an accurate pastor giving him the volume there but again I, I have Winston and uh, Mike Evans in one league I, I am four and one in that league and I'm not looking back I mean okay I guess part, oh yeah I guess part of that uh might have a little something to do with David Johnson and you know so maybe but uh but oh <laughs> but overall uh you know not looking back and I'm still pretty confident in that league here mm-hmm. but let's see uh let's go to the waiver wire portion here though Eric meat and potatoes bread and butter whatever you want to call it I'm done with food analogies for the day <laughs> remember all fab recommendations are based on 12 team standard for formats with a $100 budget and percent owned figures. I took these while watching Monday Night Football last night, so it will probably change a little bit by record time here, but I figure take them as a Monday Night Football and then you can kind of account for if you have a fab or waiver claim on Tuesday or Wednesday night here. Of course, first come, first serve leagues start to push those numbers, push those ownership percentages up here, but again, those are subject to change. First and foremost, Week 6 spies, Minnesota and Tampa Bay, just two teams. So I will be in trouble with my Winston Evans League, all my Mike Evans shares. I think I have more shares of him than any other player this season. Also, if you're depending on any Minnesota players, which you're probably really not. I mean, I guess McKinnon, Daciata, Diggs, Bradford, those are all kind of fringe fantasy guys. But the Tampa Bay guys, you're going to have to uh, take a seat and find a replacement here for. So uh, let's look at quarterbacks, Eric. Uh, the first thing, the big news as we were heading in to record this today Colin Kaepernick named the starter in San Francisco. Do I think he's a good quarterback? Absolutely not. 
can he put up numbers in a Chip Kelly offense, though, Eric? He can. Uh, in in the preseason, though, he went 13 for 24 for 117 yards and then had 56 yards rushing on the ground. I think he's going to be, you know, doing what he usually did um, back in the day when he used to torch Green Bay and every other team in the league on the ground. Mm-hmm. But his passing efficiency is just not going to be there. And uh, thus, like, you know, at best, he's probably a two-quarterback option, correct? Yeah. Like, in a two-quarterback league. Yeah, I, I mean, a bye week fill-in when it gets really tough if he's playing well, but more yeah. or less a two-quarterback option. I'm, I don't want to make excuses for him, but in the preseason, I feel like he was coming off an injury. He and was. still learning. He had, th- he had three surgeries mm-hmm. yeah. from uh, November through January. Yeah. So there was that, and then the fact that he was still kind of learning the new scheme. So I'm going to let I'm gonna give him a pass for the preseason sure. and figure that he'll, he'll finally get into shape now and have a little bit of a better understanding of the offense here. I'm just worried about the play calling if they'll put him at risk to take hits because I know they're kind of working on restructuring that contract, but if he gets hurt in any kind of season-ending format, I believe they owe him $15 million yeah, for next yeah. year, like regardless. It's, yeah, it's 14 and a half to be exact. But, yeah, yeah it's still an, an amount that for, the 49ers would not want to pay if he is not healthy. So that's that's probably kept him off the field so far. Yeah. So the one red flag about this is will they be in any way conservative with the play calling because the real value of Kaepernick as a fantasy option is going to be with his legs. If, he, if he's not allowed to run – eight to 12 times a game then he becomes just a very he he's not really any better than Blaine Gabbert in that situation even Blaine, Blaine Gabbert ran 10 times for 70 yards and a score on on Thursday night against Arizona so there's going to be opportunities for Kaepernick to produce I wouldn't say any more than a one or two dollar fab bid right now if you want to go nuts after that let somebody else in your league spend their money yeah <laughs> yeah don't uh don't don't think that you're getting the old Kaepernick he's not there anymore mm-hmm what if you need to stream a different quarterback this week, Eric? Say you are relying on Jameis Winston, or maybe one of your quarterbacks is a little nicked up and you're not sure about that, or you're relying on Sam Bradford for whatever reason, or you need someone to stream in a two-quarterback league. The first name that comes to mind, I saw Marcus Mariota dropped in two leagues of mine, and mm-hmm. I picked him up at both. Right perfect timing for a 30-fantasy-point performance here. He's got to be an option against the Browns, right? Uh, yeah, since the Browns have allowed 13 uh, passing touchdowns already this season, which is second worst in the league. Um, he's only 32% on ESPN. Um, if he's available in, if you're one of the two-thirds of leagues that he's actually available and you know, you don't exactly like the matchup that you have for your current quarterback or your quarterback is sitting, say, it's Bradford or Jameis. Yeah, like why not? I would say Mariota's the top target this week regardless. Yeah. I think he's probably better than 90% of backup fantasy quarterbacks out there, so you should definitely take a look to see if he's available in general. Uh, another streaming option to maybe consider two quarterback formats or just standard, I guess, if you have to. Brock Osweiler, he's been terrible, I know, but he got he gets the Colts, and they made Brian Hoyer and Cameron Meredith look really good on Sunday. So I think this Colts defense, even with Vontae Davis back, is a matchup that you're going to want to target a little bit. So Osweiler becomes an option, I guess. The other one I'm thinking of is Case Keenum at Detroit. Now, Detroit, giving up 14 passing touchdowns so far. That's the league lead. And I just can't decide, though, should I stream Case Keenum this week or should I stream the Detroit Lions defense this week? It's almost like... If you're deciding, if you're asking the question, like, is Nicolas Cage good or bad? Yeah, because he'll do something like The Rock or he'll do something like Gone in 60 Seconds. You know, that would be uh, the Rams the past face three off. weeks. Yeah, face off, exactly. Like, that's the Rams the last three weeks. Or, I mean, I guess weeks two through four. 
And then he'll do stuff like Wicker Man and Ghost Rider, and that's like the Rams week one here. It's what are we going to see here with uh, Casey? I don't know if I should stream Case Keenum, maybe give him a shot in a daily GPP, or if I should say, screw that, I'm going to take the home team and uh, pick up the Lions defense this week, both of which, I mean, it's a really tough decision. Do you have any take on that? Well, the funny thing is the Rams, or some some source associated with the Rams actually let it out that uh, if the Rams are in a blowout, Either way, which doesn't seem very likely um, that to be in the uh, Victor category, exactly. <laughs> um, that they'd actually trot out Jared Goff um, and let him, uh, you know, start getting some NFL reps. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's rookie uh, Jared Goff for those of you that you yeah. know kind of forgot about forgot him since about he hasn't yeah, he, he hasn't, hasn't been really well. been he hasn't made any appearance yet as an as a pro. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if they are getting beat down by the Lions, um, you know. It, yeah, they could knows? very well throw Goff in there, and then, you know, you only have you know a half or three quarters of Keenum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that that might limit Keenum's upside here. So of course, going to Mariota first, then I'd probably put Kaepernick behind him, Osweiler if you have to after that, and then Keenum. Uh, just a quick two quarterback league update, though. It looks like your days of Paxton Lynch utility are no more. Trevor Simeon should be back in action here for the Thursday night game at San Diego. San Diego's given up some points this year, that's for sure. So I think Simeon will be a decent option. And then as far as other two quarterback league updates here, Cleveland Browns situation. Kessler went out with a ribs injury. Whitehurst went out with a knee injury. Both kind of knocked out of that game on Sunday at various points. Whitehurst ended up coming back and finishing situation to avoid entirely correct yeah and it it looks like uh josh mccown and kessler will actually practice this week with the aim of playing uh this coming weekend but it it remains totally up in the air you don't you're probably not going to know until almost Mm -hmm. game day who is actually going to be under center if you are a gary barnage or terrell Pryor, or you did a spec ad on Corey coleman i think you'd be happy about getting mccown back because he's definitely although not a great quarterback he's absolutely an upgrade over the kessler whitehurst situation oh, that we've man, seen the last couple sure. of weeks just just a, just kind of a dumpster fire of a of an organization <laughs> there I, i've referred to them as a dumpster fire so many times i just can't think of a better way to uh to describe that any other adjectives or phrases for the browns organization tweet me at jakesy 52 i will give it some consideration for future weeks so uh give me a shot there here otherwise running backs eric this is where things are going to start to get interesting this week. This is where players, I mean, if you were an Adrian Peterson owner, you're screwed, but Vikings are on a buy, so your McKinnon Asiata not going to work. If you had any kind of stake in Doug Martin, Charles Sims, who's now on IR, or you picked up Jacquez Rogers, you can't really use them this week. So what are you looking at for running backs? Last week we talked about Terrence West, Bilal Powell, Zach Zenner. He's probably a drop candidate now. He didn't really get used in the manner we thought he would. Uh, Josh Ferguson got an honorable mention last week. Of course, Terrence West is still startable. I'm still kind of hanging on to Bilal Powell in a fringe. It depends on the format here. But new running backs here. The first name that automatically comes to mind has got to be James Starks of the Green Bay Packers, given Eddie Lacy's history of ankle injuries. Yeah, I mean, he his uh, ankle injury um, is actually to the um, ankle that has not been hurt previously. Okay. And apparently it's merely sore rather than sprained. Um, I'm going to lean toward the, um, him actually playing this weekend in uh, week six. Okay. Um, but, yeah, if he, for whatever reason, looks like he's trending in the other direction, Starks mm-hmm. is a decent ad, and at, at the very least PPR leagues, um, 
so far this season he has six catches on 10 targets for 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really trust him actually doing much on the ground uh, so far this season. 24 carries for 42 yards. It's only 1.8 mm-hmm. yards per clip. Yeah, there was uh, a noticeable drop-off in that Sunday night game when they mm-hmm. had to go from Lacey to Starks. They just weren't as efficient running the ball. Yeah, Lacey, Starks doesn't have as much power. Lacey was ripping off 10, 15-yard runs like, like it was nothing. And then when he did go down, we couldn't do anything. <laughs> just yeah. got bogged down on uh, – in the running game. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys actually have a pretty strong run defense. Uh, well, I mean, that's debatable. They've only given up two touchdowns on the ground, 95 yards allowed per game, 4.6 yards per carry is quite a bit here. Uh, so it's, so that's uh, it's really kind of tough to flush out here after five weeks of action here. But I feel like Stark still needs to be owned just as an, a Lacey insurance policy. If you are an Eddie Lacey owner, I mean, what kind of, what kind of fab bid do you throw on a person like Starks? I, I mean... Three to five seems like the max, mm-hmm. um, and you got to keep in mind too that he is thirty years old. Yep. Um, People there's not forget a, about that. There's not a yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been so he was only what a starter a few times for Lacey, and then during the 2010 Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of uh, or a lot of tread has not come off the tires. On the other hand, he is on the wrong side of thirty. Yeah, so, I mean, if he is going to have any kind of an upside, it might be for a short-term span here. I guess the moral of the story is watch Eddie Lacy's practice participation. I wouldn't go much more than 3 to $5 if you have to bid tonight. Just mm-hmm. just to have him, especially if you're a Lacey owner, is maybe an insurance policy. Uh, but overall, uh, yeah, not, don't go too nuts on Starks, I guess you could say here. Yeah, for All right. sure. So another running back that we want to talk about here, uh, I want to talk. Re, I want to go back to the Monday Night Football discussion and talk about Jacquez Rogers because... He carried the ball 30 times on Monday night. Now, this probably isn't going to be the norm, but we did see Charles Sims placed on IR, and that would kind of, one would think that would open up the role as a pass catching running back. Have you heard anything about uh, Doug Martin at all? Are they going to try to roll him out after the team's week six bye? Or, um, uh, yeah, so he hasn't actually practiced yet when it comes to, um, you know, the preparation for the past few weeks since he's actually suffered since he suffered his own injury um but now that this pass catching back role is open um at the very least Rodgers will fill that in four seasons in Atlanta he hauled in 155 of 188 targets which is a ridiculous 82.4 percent catch rate um he has sure hands we we know he can uh, fulfill that part of the game, and then if Martin is unable to come back in week seven, I, he, you could easily see him getting another massive workload. Just, I mean, they know it's only going to be a short term, you know, fix to the running game. So why not? give him as many carries as possible to power that part of the game it'll almost be like a d'angelo williams mindset you know what you're not our long-term solution but you're our stopgap so we're going to run you into the ground constantly while we have you and then who knows maybe we'll release you i mean nfl players are commodities you know you're going to get what you can out of them before moving on in another direction And doesn't it also like give confidence in the player that hey i know i'm going to get 25 to 30 carries a day i'm I'm just going to work my ass off yeah exactly and and you're going (laughs) to and you're opening the door to other teams that may want to consider signing you if a need rises i mean if you remember jacques rogers was released by the bears earlier in the year here mm-hmm. because of course they've got jordan howard running all over the place mm-hmm. by the way doesn't have a ton of availability but maybe at least type in howard jordan howard if you're looking for a running back right. just to make 100 percent sure he's owned he's someone that we talked about two weeks ago he should be i'm sure he's in the 90 percent range by now, but, by now yeah. but, but just double check make sure jordan howard is out there here because he needs to be owned in all formats now another player like that that i think is worth a mention 
Giovanni Bernard is somehow available in 17% of Yahoo and 18% of ESPN leagues. I think a lot of people saw Jeremy Hill taking over that, and some people might have prematurely released Gio Bernard. It looks like Jeremy Hill's going to be healthy, but either way, I think you need to go ahead and pick Bernard back up here. He's yeah, I mean, got to, he's got to be owned. With a roster crunch and bye week starting up, I'm not really surprised. He's been, you know, released in some uh, places, but now, yeah, with uh, Jeremy Hill dealing with the shoulder injury. He's going to be the main back um, on the ground and through the air. Mm-hmm. He's going to be getting all those touches. So, yeah, he needs to be picked up. Yeah, I mean, really, this Cincinnati backfield, it reminds me of the Patriots uh, a few years ago when they had been Jarvis Green-Ellis and Danny Woodhead, mm-hmm. where both backs, neither one was really super valuable because one was the pass-catching and one was your between-the-tackles runner. Of course, Gio's the pass-catching back, but if he starts getting those between-the-tackles carries, he becomes RB2 status almost automatically. So he needs to be someone that's looked at, and you could even buy low on him in a trade if someone wants to give up. Yeah, I think in the last two seasons, in PPR formats at the very least, he's ended up as the 18th, uh, roughly the 18th-ranked running back by Mm -hmm. season's end. So that's just something to keep in mind. He has a track record of actually being an RB2. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he gets things done. He'll get it done soon or later before the end of the year another back that kind of goes into that uh into that category who uh, i guess category type of back but isn't quite healthy yet is it time to start thinking about a spec ad for Dion lewis in any way shape or form here i mean the patriots of course you've got legarrett blunt i mean james white has been playing pretty well so you don't need to uh i mean they don't need to rush him back for any reason but uh Dion lewis i mean he's doesn't seem to be uh, having any setbacks. He's He'll be, I don't know, will he be activated sooner or later? Is it time for a spec ad? Or do you think he can get away with waiting another week on that? <laughs> I think you can wait a little bit here. I think we would want to get like a more substantive update that, hey, he's returning to practice, so he's opened up his three-week window to actually return. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can actually, uh, they, like teams, I believe, can start doing that now. Mm-hmm. Maybe after next week, actually, yeah. after week six. Well, because another player, this is a side note, I, I had seen Ladarius mm-hmm. Green maybe targeted in week seven, okay. and he was kind of one of those pup-designated-to-return guys. So I yeah. guess I maybe lump him and Deion Lewis into the same boat as far as fantasy-relevant guys that were placed on the pup-designated-to-return yep. or IR-designated-to-return. I, I mix the two up, the pup's preseason. But yeah, uh, but yeah so uh, maybe Deion Lewis, if you're in, a, you're in a deep format, I guess. Mm-hmm. but uh yeah you, you got to watch your bench always it, it would definitely have to be 14 teamer i noticed when i was looking at uh rosters in our stake league which is 14 teams uh kevin o'brien actually has Deion lewis stashed on the bench right now oh yeah so okay. i just a uh, heads up he's not available for not us available. to pick up all right yeah yeah just picked <laughs> but up, 14 teamers kind of seem uh yeah, like tough. the the point at which you mm-hmm. might want to consider you know throwing them throwing a bit out there and yeah. trying to pick him up yeah that's a real tough league because uh somebody cut Rashad Jennings in that league actually and I ended up picking him up on the waiver wire for $11 and yeah you just have to make tough roster cuts because IDPs and bye weeks yeah uh, is something that you have to watch for I want to backtrack a little bit in the running back department Eric I want to talk about uh Oakland though the Oakland Raiders because Latavius Murray's got a toe injury it sounds I believe it's turf toe am I right there uh yes and that Usually, either if it doesn't force a multi-week absence, it will force you to be less than effective for multiple weeks here. But the the concerning aspect of this is is there's no clear-cut backup behind him. Normally, with the running back position, I guess unless you're the Miami Dolphins, there's a clear backup. But Oakland, I mean, look at this box score here. Jalen Richard carried the ball eight times for 31 yards. DeAndre Washington, who everyone thought was the chalk DFS play, ready to go. 
nine carries for 23 yards. Then, of course, J- Jameez Olawale, six for 22. He was the only back that got into the end zone on the ground, at least. And then, uh, of course, Richard, kind of the main guy in the receiving terms. Uh, he actually had as many targets as Michael Crabtree. They each had seven targets. Richard finished more productive, six catches for 66 yards with a long of 22. Does that mean Richard is the back to own, if any, in this Oakland committee? Yeah, I mean, this is a one-game sample size, so it would be nice if we had maybe two or three to... Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you want to, like... But these guys are going to picked up now, right? But, yeah, if you want to, like, bank on one of these guys doing something, Richard actually actually seems like he's been uh, breaking out a little bit the last few weeks. Uh, Didn't he rip off a long... Uh, reception for yeah, we, TD um, two weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, it was it was a couple weeks back. Uh, yeah, I think. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. So is it is it, is it going to be Richard or Richard or, or however you want to say it? I, I I always thought it was Jalen Richard, but Richard? maybe it is. I don't I don't I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I guess <laughs> I, I haven't spent as much time watching the Raiders this year as right. I probably should. Uh, I'll go yeah. ahead and admit that. But either way, uh, yeah, Jalen Richard uh, is he? So maybe he's your PPR guy. But I'm I mean DeAndre Washington was the guy people were banking to uh, get the carries in the absence of Latavius Murray during draft season, at least, is, uh, I mean, DeAndre Washington still has some value that he can hold on to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that was actually week one when uh, Jalen Richard had that long run. He mm-hmm. ended up with three carries for 84 yards. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's going to be, I mean, if you want to try to mess with this backfield, you're going to want to pull your hair out for the next bunch of weeks because yeah. it's going to be completely boom or bust. It's not like you can own all of them and have some sort of best ball scenario. Uh, it's it's I mean, just not really – it's it's going to be stressful, but there's going to be some value here. Yeah, exactly. And, I like, I know Coach uh, Jack Del Rio in Oakland actually said that he hopes that Latavius is able to play this weekend. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, turf toe is one of those things that I just want to stay steer clear of uh, at all mm-hmm. costs because – I just know it's going to linger, and he could be forced uh, into another multi-game absence. Yeah. But yeah, then but Richard is averaging seven yards per carry this season. Yeah. Come on. Oh, so maybe maybe it is Richard Richard the back to own in both formats. Here's how I see it though: even if Latavius Murray comes back, they'll give him eight to ten carry ranges, and then they'll give the other two backs like six to eight carries. And if that's the case. It's really bad. I mean, you don't yeah. really need to touch any of that just because, uh, yeah. I 10 mean, team, no. 12 team, maybe if you have the bench. Mm-hmm. If you have more bench spots, 14 team, yeah. Yeah. If anything, I'm picking the guy up so I can block the other guy from picking up and randomly guessing, right? You know, stop that flukiness. Sure. Just, you know, making making your bench as strong as possible, something that we always advocate here. Uh, a couple honorable mention waiver wire pickups, first and foremost. Is Andre Ellington the new David Johnson handcuff? I would say no. No? Yeah, he only had uh, 14 um, snaps in this uh, game. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I mean, you'd really have to have a really deep bench, yeah. a 16-teamer, um, or like a dynasty format, mm-hmm. really, at this point, to have Ellington on your roster. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm say this. I'm in a 12-team dynasty format, and David Johnson is a huge part of my team. Do I need to... Uh, do I need to worry about handcuffing him, or do you think I'm better off just going with other upside backs? I, I would go with other upside backs because even when uh, Ellington is healthy, he hasn't really he doesn't really have the track record. I guess. Um, I mean, he's injury prone, right? We all know this. This is one reason that you know he, he lost his job to Chris Johnson last year, and then eventually David Johnson as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
I just don't trust him to actually stay healthy if he's getting a big workload, if David Johnson were to go down. Okay. All right. Fair enough here. So I'm going to avoid that. So you think I'd be better off picking up a guy like uh, this honorable mention, Bobby Rainey? Uh, It is a PPR format, and he's uh, been pretty productive out of the backfield so far. Uh, Yeah, the last two weeks, 13 receptions on 15 targets for 95 yards. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Giants seem to be getting behind often, Mm -hmm. and Eli, especially when he's having a bad day, really all he can find is the check down. And, And these are the two games in which Shane Vereen's actually been out with his injury mm-hmm. uh, as you as you all know he's out for the season uh, he's on IR so he's eligible to return in late December and that's the best case scenario for him so Rainey will be viable for the next two months barring injury you know unless they somehow decide to let Paul Perkins out of his cage I wish I would yeah. see that but I don't know if I trust McAdoo and that Giants coaching staff to really make right decisions <laughs> at, right. At, at this point <laughs> I, I think I maybe share a little chrysalis animosity there. But anyway, that's besides the point here. One more spec ad. Kenneth Dixon, he was active for the first time, got a couple of carries, wasn't able to do a whole lot with it. Are you still in a deeper or a dynasty format kind of snagging him in hopes of him eventually taking over for Terrence West? Or is it have you just not seen enough yet? I, I guess I'm not, in a, <laughs> I'm not in a deep enough league to actually pick him up or mm-hmm. like warrant the roster spot. I believe I, he was picked up and started in our stake league this week, if, yeah. that, if that has anything. That's a good point. Um, uh, but yeah, Terrence West just had out. 11 carries for 95 yards mm-hmm. this past weekend, and he's yeah. averaging five yards per carry. I don't really know why they would turn away from that. Yeah, at I, this point. Yeah, I agree with you. If you are looking at picking up Dixon, you have to do it with about an eight-week window in mind. You can't expect any production in the very short term here. Yeah. What about drop candidates? Of course, we can drop Charles Sims because he's on IR. What about Duke Johnson? He had another really miserable performance, just seven touches, 22 yards from scrimmage in week five. Is Duke Johnson on your shopping block? Uh, I mean... <laughs> I do own him in a few places, and he's one of the people that we're going to have to drop this week just because of, um, you know, bye weeks. We need to f- figure out somebody else aside from him to actually uh, plug in there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, he, he he's not re- really exactly inspiring conference. On the other hand, he was facing the Pats defense, which is mm-hmm. pretty staunch. So I'm not really surprised he wasn't able to do much it's okay. in an unimaginative offense. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, if it's 12 or lower, then he's probably on your chopping block. If it's 14, he's going to be a fringe guy. I think if it's 14 PPR, you keep him for another week or two. If it's 14 team non-PPR, I think he can probably cut bait. By the way, in the first four weeks of the season, he had at least five targets in mm-hmm. uh, those games. He only had three on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Crowell had a really bad game on Sunday. Exactly. Too. Nobody really was productive outside of Terrell Pryor, mm-hmm. I mean, and he only really had 10 fantasy points, too. So, yeah. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot going for that Cleveland offense. Yeah, and, and it, maybe he gets better when McCown comes back. I guess there's that optimism, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's a good point. Again, bye weeks are coming up and tough decisions there. Uh, Orleans Darqua, really poor game against the best run defense in the league, the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. Orleans Darqua, though, Rashad Jennings cut, getting closer. Does that mean it's time to cut bait with Orleans Darqua? I mean, this is a wait-and-see thing that you need to make this week, and if you're unfortunately one of the in one of the leagues where your waivers go through on – early Wednesday morning, either late Tuesday or early Wednesday morning. You're, you're just going to have to you, – you're, you're not going to know, so you're just going to have to trust in <laughs> the lack of information. I mean, you can't trust in any information because there's no information. Like, mm-hmm. once Wednesday's injury report comes out, we will know something. Mm-hmm. If Jennings is, say, actually full now and over that sprained thumb, then obviously you can 
drop Darkwa yep. Thursday or Friday or right. in advance of Sunday's game. So in terms of buy, sell, hold, I think you hold on Darkwa. Yeah. Zach Center, of course, we mentioned that he can go too. He's just not getting the between the tackle carries that we once thought he would. Yeah. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business, and it all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your business, you're bound to be busy, too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy, and that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com now to create your website today. The result will be stunning. Eric, let's move on to the wide receiver portion here of our show. Last week, we talked about some San Diego receivers, some Dallas receivers, Robert Woods, all those guys kind of fizzled out, but I still like some short-term potential there. Again, a Corey Coleman reminder, pick him up, especially if Josh uh, McCown's coming back. Of course, we know Josh Gordon's not going to be a factor here. Corey Coleman, sooner or later, will be the number one receiver in Cleveland. We saw those shades here. But let's talk about what we have going on. This week here, Sammy Coates is only owned in 38% Yahoo and 40% ESPN leagues. In week four, he opened some eyes when he was targeted eight times, ended up hauling in six for 79. Week five, absolutely broke out, six for 139 and two touchdowns. Can Sammy Coates keep it up as the deep ball guy in Pittsburgh? (laughs) Okay, he is really taking advantage of his situation, which is good and Mm -hmm. gives you confidence that he will be able to keep it up keep it uh, going, you know, as the season goes on. On the other hand, Eli Rogers suffered an injury, went down. He was the guy who beat out um, Sammy Coates for the slot position mm-hmm. in that offense. But, so, but you can't own Eli Rogers no, in any fantasy format right now. Yeah, it's just what is going to happen when Eli Rogers comes back and what mm-hmm. what what will happen in the offense when Ladarius Green is actually healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to be – I mean, obviously his targets will get cut back because there will be so many more options available to mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger. Um, on the other hand, he is averaging 22.2 yards per catch this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be tops, one of the tops in the league here. I mean, when Ladarius Green comes back, I think the outlaw Jesse James probably gets hurt more by that than anyone. Yeah. I, I don't think that Ladarius Green will necessarily take targets away from Sammy Coates. Uh, but that being said, you got to think up a fab bid for Coates because I think he needs to be owned now just yes. to be sure. Anytime you score or show the ability to score that you're capable of scoring 30, 35 fantasy points, you should pick him up. As far as a fab bid, our website right now is recommending uh, our waiver wire column with Kevin Payne. It's recommending about 8 to $12. Do you think that's the right range? Yeah, I mean, you could probably even go a little more than that just to mm-hmm. make sure you get them, yeah. th- say, the 13, 14 I mean, range. Because if you're a Stefan Diggs owner who was hurt last week, or if you're a Mike Evans owner, you need somebody to pick up. Uh, my Mike Evans replacements, one league's going to be Cole Beasley, one league's going to be Mike Wallace, one league's going to be, 
either Philip Dorsett or maybe one of these other waiver options we talk about. So, you know, I'm replacing Mike Evans all over the place so far this week. And if Sammy Coates is available, I think he's going to be uh, one of my first choices here. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they are seven and a half point favorites at Miami. So, yes, they're on the road. But Miami has a pretty dreadful defense. I mean, in terms of both run defense, pass defense, Miami's kind of getting wrecked uh, across the board here. So uh, it's it's a good matchup for Big Ben again. And I think Sammy Coates could have another uh, decent game. Yeah, I I mean, his price will, and you're probably going to be talking about this on the next podcast you do, the DFS one Mm -hmm. at some point. uh, Well, the DFS one's going to be maybe on Bell Focus. It's all about running backs. That's a running back one, correct. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Coates' price was 5,300, I believe, on FanDuel this past Mm -hmm. weekend. Yeah, something in that range. uh, I mean, it probably got bumped up maybe $1,000, but it's still going to be a great value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think he is... Maybe the top receiving target this week. We've got a couple more names to talk mm-hmm. about, though, so let's run those down. Chris Hogan, 25% owned in Yahoo, 35% ESPN. It is a whole different ball game with Tom Brady back at the helm at the quarterback position. He left briefly with an injury uh, in Sunday's game, but he did return, finished with four catches on five targets, 414 yards, more productive than Julian Edelman. Can he sustain it, though? Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's a question of, uh, you know, the game plan that they're actually employing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know that, you know, Bill Belichick puts together matchup-specific game plans. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's why I think, you you know, these lines between uh, Chris Hogan and Julian Edelman could be interchangeable. Yes, he had, uh, Hogan had four for 114 on five targets, right? Mm -hmm. Edelman had five catches for 35 yards on 10 targets. I could see those easily switching from week to week. Mm-hmm. And Edelman, you know, is the guy that's actually owned in every single league. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, with that, I put Hogan as, as maybe a fringe wide receiver three Yeah. in your standard formats here. A type of fab bid, are you looking uh, 4 to $6 range maybe? Mm. A little yeah, more yeah. Than, I, I would say more than that? I, I was going to say 5 would probably be my max. <laughs> yeah, $5 bid. All right, fair enough on Hogan here. Another big name that's going to get a lot of attention on the waiver wire is Cameron Meredith of the Chicago Bears. And one of the reasons being he is available just about across the board here, only owned in 4% of Yahoo and 1.5% of ESPN leagues as of Monday night. He came up big with a team-high 12 targets, finished with 9 catches, 130 yards, and a score. He also ran the ball one times for 6 yards. Do you think, I mean, Elshon Jeffrey's still there. He exists whether Bra- whether Hoyer decides to acknowledge it or not. But it's looking like Meredith could be Hoyer's favorite target. Is that too much to say or too uh, early? No, you're absolutely correct on that front. Uh, so Hoyer started three games for Jay Cutler at this point due to the sprained thumb yep. that Cutler has. Meredith has increased his targets, catches, and yards in every single game. Three to five to 12 targets, two to four to nine catches, and... 24 to 28 to 130 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I don't see him sustaining the, you know, nine for 12 on 130. Mm-hmm. So that means but, if he keeps going at that pace, that means he'll have 12 catches for 180 yards and two scores next week, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's quite how it works. You can't really no, graph exactly. it out like that. But, but as you were saying, he seems to be uh, someone that's going to be heavily involved in the offense, right? Yeah, and who who is uh, Chicago playing again this weekend? Uh, I need to check that out just yeah. because like, well, it's all about matchups. They've got uh, the Jaguars at home. Well, that's so a the, juicy one. Yeah, that's a pretty decent matchup <laughs> here that you can go. I think uh, a lot of people picked up Eddie Royal uh, earlier in the year. He always seems to have a hot start and then fizzle out. 
do you drop Eddie Royal for Cameron Meredith right now? Yeah. That's a no-brainer. I would have to agree with you. I yeah. just needed to confirm it with you. I mean, really, he, he's probably the third option, really, in the passing attack. But, you know, it's probably closer yeah. than we all think. Because like Zach, Jeffrey, Zach yeah. Miller, and Yeah, uh, Zach Cameron Miller Meredith. gets a lot of attention from Hoyer here. And also, it's worth pointing out that Hoyer might be the starting quarterback the rest of the way out. He's outplayed – he's thoroughly outplayed Jay Cutler yeah. uh, over in the last few games here. So there's – a decent chance that he keeps that job. I think it's uh, even arguably more than 50-50 that Hoyer keeps that job. And if that's the case, that means good things for Meredith. Now we have to go to a fab bid, though. Our our waiver wire guru, guru Kevin Payne, says 6 to $10. Is that too low? It, <laughs> since the offense seems to be humming under uh, you know the direction of Brian Hoyer, it seems like the upper bound of that range is mm-hmm. where I would probably settle at 10 to 12. Yes. Okay. It, it, it just really depends on how much cash you have left. So you and got, you, you got one pickup format. Here. Do you target Sammy Coates or Cameron Meredith? That's Coates. the tough part. I would go with Coates. Yeah. I would agree with Coates. It's a because, more explosive offense. Yeah. The more explosive offense and the more consistent established role here. Yeah. I would agree Coates over Meredith. So go ahead and throw a $12 bid on Coates, but dropping the exact same player that you're dropping for Coates Maybe a eleven dollar bid on Meredith. I think yeah, that's a good that, strategy. That actually makes sense. I think I'm going to look at a uh, a lot of. I mean, that's what my waivers are going to look like in a lot of leagues. You know, eleven, twelve. But of course, now that you and your league mates may have heard this, you might want to go thirteen, twelve. I, it's however much percentage sure. of your budget that you are comfortable <laughs> with. Another wild card here that I think is worth a mention. Adam Thielen of the Vikings, again, they've got a bye week, week six. He stepped up big in the absence of Stephon Diggs. Seven catches, 127 yards, and a score. Say what you want about that stat line. I think I'm going to stay away from him because I can't use him in week six, and Stephon Diggs will presumably be back in week seven here. Maybe pick him up for like a buck or something, but I have a feeling other people in your league are going to pay higher amounts to get him on their squad than I'm willing to pay. Are you in that same mindset, or do you think he's the real deal? I I mean, my only comment was going to be the Vikings have a week six bye, meaning Stephon Diggs now has two weeks to get healthy and actually mm-hmm. – uh, to actually be active in uh, week seven, I I just yeah I'm staying away from this situation. I, mm-hmm. When it comes to the Vikings passing offense, it only it only seems like Stefan Diggs and to a lesser extent Kyle Rudolph are yeah. viable options. Yeah, Diggs is number one, Rudolph number two. You can almost make a case for McKinnon being number three in the passing game. Yeah, the running back out of the backfield here. So yeah, Thielen might have a good, a good game or two, but I don't think that uh, I, I don't think you'll see. A uh, hundred yard game more than two more times this entire season. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a safe right. bet here. Uh, let's run down a couple honorable mentions. Brandon LaFell had eight catches for sixty eight yards and two scores on a team high eleven targets. I'm going to go with fluke here. What about you? Yeah, the I was watching like snippets of this game, you know, while working on Sunday, and the Cowboys seem to be focusing all their efforts on stopping AJ Green. It's not really surprising that you know LaFell was able to find some holes in the defense and then actually. He's he had scored yeah a handful yeah, of times. Yes. He had both of their touchdowns <laughs> <laughs> to the dismay of AJ Green owners everywhere. Yeah, what about Tavon Austin in St. Louis? A team high ten targets, finished with just seven catches for fifty nine yards. I think he's already kind of on the fringe of being owned in PPR formats. But the St. Louis Rams situation is such a mess because we don't necessarily we can't say that three weeks from now we know who their quarterback's going to be, and it's been back and forth between Britt and Austin. You'd have mm-hmm. to be a pretty deep format to think about either of these guys, right? Yeah, I mean, I do have Britt. I think in one place, and it's um, you know, week to week. I'm hoping for like 
seven or eight points, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, this offense is not explosive in any way. T- Tavon Oss is the only guy who does have said explosiveness mm-hmm. to actually make it work. Yeah. But he, he he has such a horrible catch rate. He's only uh, gone over 50% in two of five games this season when yeah. it comes to catch rates. Yeah. So if you're owning Austin, it's in a PPR format where you trot him out and you hope that he can run a kickback. You yeah. use your best-case scenario here. It's not necessarily a safe week-to-week play. He's one of the biggest boomer bust players that we have. Uh, let's move on to tight ends, though, Eric. Last week we talked sure. about Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is still productive with Antonio Gates back this week. Had three for 74 and a score. Can both Henry and Gates be productive uh, in the San Diego offense? Yeah, I, I actually think they can. Uh, the last three games, Hunter Henry has 12 catches for 207 yards and two touchdowns. That equates to a um, 17.3 yards per catch and 12.9, 12.9 yards per target on his 16 targets. 12.9 yards per target is elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't see that at all, and especially coming from a tight end. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually you have to, you'd have to imagine that opposing defenses will start to actually see him on film and be ready for some of those seam routes that are coming, those deep mm-hmm. passes where he seemingly goes uncovered. But until then, I think he's viable here. Another guy who I think might be viable at the tight end spot here is Charles Clay of the Bills. Only I looked, see, I had failed to mention him in previous weeks because I thought he was more owned than he was. He's only owned in 12% of Yahoo and 14% of ESPN leagues. Sammy Watkins is on IR for the Bills. Robert Woods not really doing a whole lot. Marquise Goodwin, Greg Silas definitely not doing a whole lot. LaShawn McCoy is the focal point of that offense, but when Tyrod Taylor needs to throw, it seems like he's throwing that, throwing the most to Charles Clay. He caught all five of his targets on Sunday for a total of 74 yards here. Charles Clay is someone that is probably in tight end two status and becomes rosterable given just the sheer lack of other pass catching options in that offense. Yeah, yeah, I t- I'm totally with you. Um, so, yeah, in three of five games this season, he has exactly five catches. And I think he he did miss a game earlier in the season, right? He had, or he was at least dealing with an injury and then was deemed active but didn't get any targets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, I think he's a player that's on the rise at the yeah, very least. Yeah, like he's I think he's consistently gonna be able to get you, you know, in the five catch range and roughly fifty yards in a given game. And in a PPR format that's valuable if he can score, you know, you're getting up to the mid teens right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that being said though, the tight end position here uh, is someone is a position that's and that's actually that's actually actually good. He just had Ertz come back last week. He only caught three passes. He wasn't heavily involved, but I'd imagine his production trajectory is on the rise here another guy it looks like Tyler Eifert's getting closer we said he was going to come back last week then he kind of f- suffered a, a setback between Sunday and the time we recorded last week's podcast here but either way it's a position that's getting healthier Tyler Eifert on his way back uh, Zach Ertz on his way back so the need to make a tight end fab bid is decreasing in most cases here yeah uh, but uh, I just wanted to throw some reminders out here Lastly, what about streaming defenses, Eric, here? Uh, my pick this week, I think the standout one, is the Tennessee Titans, who draw a quarterbackless Browns team at home here. I, I mean, they got to be the one to target, correct? Yeah, the, the Titans have uh, picked off at least two passes in uh, – or sorry, exactly two passes in back-to-back games, and mm-hmm. they have an interception in four straight games, um, especially with a potentially inexperienced or hindered quarterback when it comes to – you know, all the injury concerns there. I could easily see that happening. Maybe you get a pick six out of it. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking uh, the Titans are the streaming option. I might even use the Titans in Survivor after the way Mariota looked last week. Yeah. They look like a pretty strong team now. Again, yeah, Dolphins too, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think the Browns are going to have the number one pick in the draft when it's all said and done, and I'm going to continue to pick on them as long as I can. Of course, uh, another home defense that you might want to consider, Lions are three-and-a-half-point home favorites against Case Keenum and the Rams. Once again, is Nick Cage good or bad? Is, is, what Do I take the Rams? offense in this one or do I take the Lions defense you could easily go either way I the over under on this game I think is in the 43 range so Vegas not liking a whole lot of points being scored there so just throwing that out there but either way Tennessee the top option this week anyone else on your radar at all or or just going there one last point on the Rams who face the Lions the Mm -hmm. Rams have not they've been kind when it when it's come to giving the ball away they have eight turnovers on the season which tied for Mm -hmm. 10th most uh I could easily see the Lions you know picking up a few more there well yeah and the one thing is the Rams offensive strength is Todd Gurley and the rushing game the Detroit Lions have not allowed a single rushing touchdown this season the Rams offensive weakness is Case Keenum and the passing game the Lions have allowed 14 uh offensive or passing touchdowns this Mm -hmm. year so it just seems like it's a mismatch. The the strengths don't match up or counteract, and neither do the weaknesses, though. So, what one other team that I want to throw out there because they're playing the Dolphins this week is actually the Steelers. The mm-hmm. Steelers D is actually available in one of my twelve team leagues, and mm-hmm. I and I'm definitely streaming them because the Vikings are on by this week. That's just another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, the Steelers against the Dolphins. I mean, Tannehill's been awful. I really thought Adam Gase was going to come in and fix this, uh, fix Ryan Tannehill and fix this Dolphins offense. They've got mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry. They've got Devontae Parker. And they have, I mean, Arian Foster will be coming back soon. Ajayi I've always had a decent amount of respect for. I just, it's not happening through five weeks here. And I think five mm-hmm. weeks is an adequate enough sample size to uh, make Miami a defense, or I guess an offense to target when you're streaming defenses here. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find the uh, Steelers, you know, ownership rate here on ESPN, and mm-hmm. it is actually 37. Mm-hmm. percent So if he's out there, if they're out there in the two, uh, two sorry, uh, three fifths of leagues that actually, you know, have them still have them still on the bench, I think they're a really good consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Here, so, uh, so yeah, Steelers and Titans are going to be your two targets this week. Uh, both of them excellent streaming options here. That's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Wix.com. Also remember to check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Once again, I'm Jake Latarski. You can follow me on Twitter at jakeski52. And over here, I'm Eric Katuri, and you can find me on Twitter at ETCAT30. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Mario and John. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.